Today's episode is just me, Mo Carrick, talking about why I feel like the work of making workplaces fit for human life matters so dang much. Thanks so much for listening, and let's get to it. Imagine if work was actually good for people. Not just for a few people, but for everyone in every job. Sadly, work today is often not only not good, but is actually terrible for the human beings who work there. We can do better. On this podcast, my friend and colleague, May Ratz and I, Mo Carrick, with our amazing guests, bring you both the hard questions and the real solutions to reimagining and resetting every workplace from the tiny mom and pop to the mega company to be good for people. When we thrive at work instead of just survive, everyone wins. Let's take a look at what it takes to make work human. Let me retell for you some of what I do day in and day out. I want to tell you a story, a story of a phone call that I had weeks ago or maybe even months ago from a client of mine. This client is the CEO of a small company and they called me because they needed a lifeline. They had to make some brave and hard decisions in their organization in order to survive in their market. There were layoffs involved, they had strategic partners that were threatening to leave, and this CEO, while impassioned by his vision for what work this company can do in the world, also was feeling daunted by the continuous courage he needed to show up with day in and day out to manage all of the different needs that he was struggling from the shareholders and investors in his business to the employee needs, to the strategic partner needs, much less his leadership team's needs and his own needs to stay upright and healthy amidst the seas of change. In this call, which was only about 15 minutes long, he and I were able to come up with a couple of strategies for him in terms of what to do next. I also think that as an objective observer, as a coach in the role that I play, I was able to provide some support and some validation for both what he was feeling and what he could do about the situation. I had conversations like this over and over and over and over again in my work life. I've been a coach, consultant, facilitator, and strategic advisor to organizations about their people and culture strategies for more than 30 years. And what a privilege it is to hear their stories. Every time I get a text like I did from this client that says, hey, do you have a minute? I need some support. I feel gratitude because I'm able to provide it. And I'm aware right now, even as I sit in the gratitude for the stories that I get to hear in the world of work and that I have heard, for literally decades. I'm aware that right now there's a huge uptick in the stress individual employees and leaders in every system in the land are feeling. This is a direct consequence of the COVID-19 global pandemic and the global unrest that has surrounded it. Now, let me remind you that things were not all that great in the world of work before COVID. We had high disengagement. We had continuing challenges with worker recruitment and retention. Employees were not actually thriving in the world of work at large. We have lots of data about that. But with the advent of COVID-19, with the global shutdown that happened as a result of the global pandemic, we are seeing now long tail consequences about how we work 
that have layered on challenge after challenge for leaders in every system, from small privately held businesses and shops to mega corporations, including nonprofits and government and civic agencies. Really, every sector has been touched. Now, for me, I see this as the great reframe. That's what I like to call it, because for me. The time we're living in right now, in 2023, is giving us a chance to reinvent how we work. And as we do that together, we're discovering new techniques, new tools, new passageways, new processes, new ways of leading, new ways to build healthy culture that are going to serve the generations that follow us and the generations that follow after that. It's an important time. To be a leader in an organization that has an opportunity to reframe, retool, and redesign how we work. So that brings me to right now and this podcast. Let's make work human that you're listening to. I want to thank you for listening. We are in season two, and the interviews that we are having in this season's episodes are going to delight you. I'm so honored that May Rats, my co-hosts of the show, and I have had the privilege of talking to the incredible thought leaders that have said yes to our call to interview them for the podcast. So you've got a lot to look forward to this season as it carries us through the summer. And these interviews that we've had that you'll be listening to on the pod give me a lot of hope. I believe deep down in my bones that work can and actually should be good for people. I believe that we all have a human need to matter at work. In fact, working, whether we're working for money or we're working for mission or we're working for some other、uh, value that matters to us, is critical to our sense of who we are in the world. It feeds us because we contribute to something bigger than ourselves. So when people thrive at work. Everybody wins. The individual human being thrives because they're physically healthy, mentally and emotionally healthy. They become a stronger contributor to their families and their communities, which helps those families and communities to be well, to have an ecosystem of health and improvement and mutual support and satisfying relationships, which adds up to the impacts in their towns, in their states. In our nation and in the world, if you've ever felt that how we build workplaces in the communities in which you live in and in which I live in, if you've ever doubted that that doesn't have an impact on the world, I invite you to think again because it does. It impacts the world in small and large ways. So it's critical to me that we take this moment in time, this post-COVID nineteen, post-global pandemic opportunity, when work has been so disrupted and so changed, to redesign it in ways that actually work for the human beings that work there. To do this, we have to rethink everything about the workplace. We have to rethink where people work with. Remote work, hybrid work arrangements, technology-enabled work arrangements. We need to think about how much they work, how many hours they work, what hours they work in. We're not locked in necessarily in some sectors to nine to five being the most high-performing time for people. We're having to rethink how teams are configured. We're needing to deal with unprecedented mental health challenges in the employees that work in every system in the land. We're dealing with a loneliness epidemic. That our Surgeon General just announced a six-part strategy to deal with here in the United States, and we're actually 
following loneliness epidemics that are hitting other nations as well, like the United Kingdom and other European nations. These are big social problems. These social problems show up in how we work and how we work can show up in helping these social problems. Let's face it, if we're working full-time, we spend more time engaged in work than we do anything else. So when that workplace is toxic, when we have a relationship with our boss or our team that doesn't fuel us, that isn't mutually supporting and helps us to be well, then we begin to deteriorate. Our physical health deteriorates and our mental health deteriorates, which causes consequences. We all know what those consequences are, from anxiety and depression to heart disease and high blood pressure to increased incidence of suicidality, spousal violence, gun violence, of communities being degraded. We can see the impact when people are not thriving at work in our social structures. So this season on the Let's Make Work Human podcast, my co-host May Ratz and I want to offer you hope. We want to offer you the hope that you, listener, whoever you are in whatever job you have, you are part of the solution. Whether you're a frontline service worker or you're the CEO of a mega corporation or everything in between, you have a part in how we design and shape workplaces of the future. You have a part as a team member. You have a part in how courageously you talk to your boss and your colleagues. You have a part if you're a people leader in how you design your teams, in how you recruit and retain your talent. And if you're a CEO or a founder of an organization, you have a part in every single step in the process. So I invite you to think about what is my part? How can I make my workplace be good for people, people like me and my colleagues who work here? What is it I can do to make a difference in the world of work? That has to do with so many behaviors that are critical, ranging from being able to tell the truth and getting courageous with having hard conversations to being a better listener and taking the time to really understand what somebody's saying before I'm quick to judgment. We need to learn how to create psychological safety in our team so that people can speak up and innovate and say hard things without fear of recrimination. We all can learn skills, the nuanced skills for partnering across difference, for being able to notice how our unconscious bias and our embedded senses of our identity can impact the ways in which we approach and discuss things with people that are different than us around any dimension of difference from race to gender to sexual orientation to class and everything in between. So our guests this season are going to offer you surprise and delight of small things you can do and big things you can do that contribute to making work better for everyone. In particular, what gets me up and going to work every day and doing the work that I do like that phone call I told you about a few months ago, is the depth of feeling that I have of my responsibility to the future generations that enter the workplace, Generation Zers who are now just graduating high school and college and entering our workforces today, and their children and their children's children, to be able to see work as something that matters, something that they can be part of and get that sense of fulfillment from work and to feel like in the workplace that they decide to join, they can actually thrive. That's why I do the work that I do. And I look forward to sharing more examples of how that can actually be a success story with you and with our guests on the podcast this season. Now, I want to close this episode with telling you 
a little bit of a personal story. A couple of weeks ago, as a CEO of my organization, I found myself a little bit in the, the depths of despair. I was feeling a lot of anxiety about things at work. We had some projects that were stalled, a program that we're running was suffering some low enrollment. I was feeling high stress about revenue, about client support, and about really my own capacity to lead my team and do the hard things that I was seeing in front of me. I'd been holding this feeling inside of myself. I was on a 10-day road trip with clients and I was just kind of holding it and noticing it and I didn't really talk to anybody about it. But we came to our team meeting that week and I, I decided to share with them how I was feeling. And it made my palms sweaty because I don't actually like feeling as though I'm anxious as a business owner and a CEO. I don't like feeling self-doubt. I much prefer when, prefer when I can tell the team a story about how everything is working really well and that I'm confident that everything's going to work out. But in this particular day, I was not seeing it that way. I was kind of feeling like, man, can I keep doing this? I told my team a little bit about what I was feeling. I told them that I felt alone and I asked for their help to rally around some of the heavy lifting that we had in front of us. And you know what? They did. I'm sure having me as the CEO express some of my fear and anxiety at that moment made them anxious. And we talked about that a little bit. They wanted to make sure that I wasn't seeing something they were missing. But after some mutual reassurances, we moved on to a conversation about what exactly was it that I was seeing that was causing me some challenges? And how could we look at those challenges together and begin to co-create some solutions to reduce my anxiety and to help us take the next step that we needed to together in the business? I felt supported. I felt hopeful because I felt that I wasn't alone. I was reminded in that moment during that team meeting just how important it is to have a team that has your back. Now, that moment that I'm telling you about happened a couple of weeks ago. And what I really want to tell you is what's happened since then. Because of my vulnerability in that moment, because of my willingness to say what I was feeling and to let my team have a window in to the stressor that I face a bit as a CEO, I was able to communicate with them more clearly where I thought it was important that we headed together. I also was able to more clearly work with them to focus on what strategies mattered for us to take action on and which ones could we let go of because they probably weren't necessary right now. They were noise amidst the fray of everything we were dealing with. I saw my team find additional ways that they could jump in and grab on in this boat that I felt so alone in, grab an oar and row hard towards the future that I envision. And as they rowed hard pulling, by doing their part in our organization, I began to feel both some relief and also even more energized about my organization's mission, which is to restore humanity to work because when people thrive at work, everybody wins. So as we dealt with the darkness of my despair in that moment, we have found new life and new energy for the team to move forward. And I have not felt that despairing since then. Instead, I feel positive. I feel proud of what the team and I have accomplished. I feel grateful for my clients and appreciative of the ways that we can support them and give them hope when they call us in despair. What I want to leave you with is this idea that we can be held by others at work and do good work together. It can feel overwhelming at times, both to be an employer, a business owner, and a people leader, and also to be an employee. 
both can feel difficult. And if we're not mindful of the decisions we're making and the actions we're taking, they can feel toxic to us. And work shouldn't suck the life out of us. Work should enliven us. Work should brighten our days. Work should give us a feeling of hope for a future we imagine together. So I'm really honored that you've chosen to listen to the Let's Make Work Human podcast. I really think that the stories that May and I uncover with our guests and in our conversations with one another are going to be fruitful for the pain points that you feel, whether you are working in an organization or you own an organization or you're a leader in an organization. I know there's going to be good stuff for you in this podcast. So please stay in touch. You can always email me at mo at mocarrick.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode as well as the future episodes that are coming this season. And let's make work good for people because it benefits all of us. Hello, amazing listener. Thank you so much for listening to the Let's Make Work Human podcast. May and I and our entire team firmly believe that it is all hands on deck. Every one of us at work can make a difference in building workplaces that bring out our absolute best. If you agree and want support for how you can make a difference, head on over to our website at www.momentum.com, that's M-O-E-M-E-N-T-U-M.com or mocarrick.com to join our weekly show-up newsletter chock full of inspiration, tips, and tools. If you're a people leader or a culture activist, check out our free mini course on solution discovery coaching, our favorite tool for saving you from burnout and helping the people that you work with engage and succeed at solving the problems that they face every day. If you want to learn more, email us at info at and we'll talk.